you are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined, as always, by Adam Matas. Adam, Miles Garrett hit somebody with a helmet tonight, yeah. and it inspired the Nuggets to a second-half comeback. <laughs> Well, ironically, I was watching the whole the game, and I kept wondering why people were talking about Garrett Temple. <laughs> I just kept seeing my timeline about Garrett, and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. That was maybe the craziest thing I've seen on a professional field. Yeah, that was before. pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> That's assault with a deadly weapon. <laughs> Anywho, he took it like he took it like a G too. He well, yeah. Yeah, although I'll be turning around and like asking the referee if he saw it. Like, yeah, he better serve just falling over, I think. Yeah, grab you know? his head. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but anywho, we are not going to talk about Miles Garrett. We are going to talk about the NBA. Or Garrett you know, you know, you know what's insane? Just as what insane is? as Miles Gar- Garrett committing a felony on in public on TV. <laughs> what's that? Carmelo Anthony is back in oh, the NBA, my baby. Goodness. <laughs> I, did, I didn't think it would happen. Here we are. No, but for real, we've heard this rumor for a little bit. Like it's it is hilarious because you you didn't think maybe it happened, but here we are. Is this like is Carmelo Anthony like the opposite of a victory cigar on the season for for oh, Portland? It's, it's a hail mary, is what it is. <laughs> is this <them laughs> saying like you know mary. what, guys, we got nothing. Uh, so yeah. we're going to talk about Carmelo Anthony to start this show. That'll be the first segment. There's a lot of interesting things to talk about. The dynamic that. The Lakers have somehow avoided signing Carmelo Anthony now for the second season in which LeBron has run the organization. Are the Portland Trailblazers going to make the playoffs? This solves nothing of what they need. Uh, <laughs> and and yet here they are. Uh, so there's a ton that we're going to get to uh, about that in the first segment. Second segment, we're going to kind of jump around the NBA. The night had a bunch of, you know, fun games, including the one that Adam, you attended, which we are going to talk yeah. about heavily in the third segment, I want to talk about this Nuggets team. I thought uh, tonight's win against the Brooklyn Nets kind of epitomized their year. I, I really felt like it was it, had, it put a nice little bow on the way the they have opened the season. I'm curious to hear that take, so I'm looking forward to it. All right, let's start though with Carmelo Anthony. Where were you when you got the news? Were you like just? <laughs> I, I I seriously thought that ESPN was trolling us. They've spent like this entire week talking about Disney Plus, so I thought, <laughs> whoa, just violent stuff. Well, I was actually at the place it all started for Carmelo Anthony at Pepsi Center, along oh, with all nice. the other reporters here for the game. So <laughs> it was certainly a topic of conversation, and um, you know, it's it's it, we laugh, Anthony, and I think because it, it, it's funny, but at least. You know, this does make a, it makes Portland a lot more interesting. They were in a very desperate situation where I'm not saying I'm buying stock in the Portland Trailblazers or anything like that, but I wasn't fully selling the way I am now that they find themselves. What 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 is their record here? Four and eight. Four and eight. Yeah. I don't know. I, I they need a center. They, they, yeah. Unless unless Melo's going to play center, which would be wild, I'd watch that. But let's go for it. <laughs> but, but right now, Hassan Whiteside is their star. We're going to get lineups, Adam, with Carmelo Anthony and Hassan Whiteside on the court at the same time. Wow, Dame Lillard, the free free Dame, get him out of there. This is, this is like sad. But I want to talk about Melo. I want. I, I kind of sort of wonder how much Dwight's kind of revitalization of his career played a role here where 
Mello is watching Dwight and, and, and saying, I guess if you accept a role and you promise that you're going to accept a role that and you're talented enough to accept that role and maybe flourish in it, that maybe there's a chance for me still. Do you think that's the case or do you think this is still Mello walking in here saying, give me the ball 15 feet <laughs> from the basket and get out of my way, Dame? I mean, look, I, I, I really would be surprised to see that type of sort of, um, you know, renaissance yeah. in, in Carmelo Anthony. But at the same time, I'm, I'm also extremely surprised to be seeing it in Dwight. Um, and I think you're kind of right about Dwight. It, it does seem like an acceptance of this lesser version of himself that's just more impactful. Yeah, I mean, he he had a really good quote the other day where he was talking, Dwight did, uh, where he was talk, talking about, you know, for some reason, we kind of look down on role players, especially especially really talented guys accepting roles in order to, to win. And yeah. he said that, you know, you don't got to look at it as a role. It's just a matter of what's what can I do to help my team win? And I, I just the the maturation that we've been able to watch from Dwight now. Now, look, maybe he becomes a different player once his contract is guaranteed or or once he goes through an entire season of playing like this, maybe he kind of falls back. Yeah, it in is, old it is still a bit early for the Dwight, you know, yeah. to, to be certain. But but yeah, but he has really impressed. Yeah. And, and I, you know, again, if if you're Portland and you've seen how it's gone with with Dwight and you do need to kind of just swing for the fences and hope that you can get, you know, a, a, a high ceiling type signing while there's also acknowledging the fact that it's a low extremely low basement type signing then you know I, I i don't i understand where this is coming from i don't think it solves any of their problems but it, you do what you have to do at this point of the season it's not even the off season anymore at this point of the season but again i i, I do want to i kind of wonder are you do you, i don't think portland makes the playoffs this year i i think they 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 are They've dug too big a hole for themselves, and I don't know where the digging out of it comes from. But do, would you agree with that? I, I just think that – I mean sometimes it's not your year and with the, the Collins injury compiled on top of the Nurkic injury. Yeah. That's just – that's a really bad break. And um, the West does have a lot of teams that you know will be fighting for that spot. So yeah, at four and eight, a six-game road trip coming up. And then some tough home games after that. I think the Clippers come into, into Portland to play them when they get back from that long road trip. So they just have a really tough schedule here. And if you're, you know, say they go, you know, three and five or something like that over the next eight, you know, if you're if you're at that point, seven and 13, seven and 14, you're really starting to fall behind in a way that you have to be realistic with yourself. Yeah, I honestly... I think they 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 fell behind right at the beginning of the year. Right as soon as Collins got hurt, that was about it. That was yeah. the death knell on their season. And and it's not to say that Collins is this type of irreplaceable player, but at the point of the season where he got hurt, where they yeah. they had nothing that they were able to do to make up for him getting hurt, they're hoping right. for Pau Gasol to come back. You yeah. know, and and even when Nurkic comes back, he comes back from a literally gruesome injury that yeah. it took. Gordon Hayward a full year to recover from. It took Paul George a full year to recover from, and he has yeah. a lot more weight on that on that leg. I've heard confidence around the league that that he will be back though. Um, so I, I do hear your reservations, and who knows, you know, to what percentage. But I, it seems to be more of a con- or less of a concern from some of the different people around the league I've talked to. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's fascinating. I'm I'm actually kind of happy that Carmelo's back in the league. I, I I didn't want him to go out the way that it, it appeared he was going to go out. 
it's at least interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, a, at least, and, and it really is interesting for a team that we need to be interesting at least at this portion. Yeah, he he gets an opportunity now to try to go out on his terms. Though he has to he has to acknowledge though that like his terms aren't probably what he defines them as. Man, I just am not. I'm just not optimistic. I, I'm rooting for him though. I really yeah. am rooting for Melo. I have yeah. you know he's a Denver guy, of course, and I don't. He he's a player that I, I'm surprised. I think fans in Denver are probably pretty split fifty fifty on him. But there's a lot of like, you know, people in Denver. I think root for Carmelo. He's the best Nugget of all time, right? Um, I don't think so. Not not personally. After well, I guess Jokic has come around. Jokic, you have David Thompson, you had Alex English. You know, we had some some hmm. guys that at least at this point you could you could argue. Huh. All right, let's take a quick second here. When we come back, we're going to bounce around the league. There were some fun games out there. The Clippers are intent on pissing. Yeah, I tell you about NBA. David Thompson, man. Have to educate you someday. It's taken it's taken two years of Adam and me to do the show before he went full old man on a rocking chair <laughs> about former nuggets. Hang tight, we'll be back in a bit. All right, fun night in the NBA. Adam was was in the Pepsi Center, Diet Pepsi Center. Well, no, you guys are getting <laughs> you guys are getting fans there now, so that's kind of fun. Yeah, fans have been good, man. Fans yeah. have been really good. Yeah, so I'll call it the Pepsi Center. A couple of years ago, okay. it was a Diet it's Pepsi back. Center, but yeah, yeah now it's, it's <laughs> now it's actually Pepsi. Coke is better though. Um, let's start. <laughs> <laughs> Sick bird. <laughs> uh, the Heat and Cavaliers play. That's the only game that I paid no attention to whatsoever. Uh, okay. But I, yeah, I tell, was, tell me about some of these ones, man. There well, were some interesting ones. I will say though that the, that the Cavaliers have not been non-competitive very often <laughs> this year, and and I I think they deserve credit for that. I, I think they're they had a better the record right than the, the Trailblazers we just talked about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The Heat wind up beating them, though, 108 to 97. I want to skip, though, to the Clippers and Pelicans game in which Paul George makes his debut, plays about 24 minutes or so, drops 33 points, has an incredible game in those 24 minutes or so, but the Pelicans lose. And they were playing tonight without Lonzo Ball, without Josh Hart, without Brandon Ingram, without Zion Williamson, and without Jaleel Okafor. Through the first two weeks of the season, the Clippers look like you know the uh, everybody was picking them as the number one team. I think you're starting to see at least some of the vulnerabilities they have. I won't say weaknesses; I'll say vulnerabilities. Yeah. They look awfully thin whenever they're missing just a few pieces. Given the way George was playing, if he played like a normal minutes load, I think they win that game fairly handily. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, well, he'd hope so. <laughs> yes, given the fact that <laughs> New Orleans was without a starting Dr- lineup. Drew Holiday, though I see that stat thirty six seven and six six steals. Yeah, he's he's been kind of it's it's been a bit of a slow start of the season yeah. for him, uh, but it was nice to see him kind of recover. I do want. How do you feel about the Clippers kind of like going out of their way to annoy everybody who wants to watch their games <laughs> with their key players in? Yeah, by by always, yeah, because tonight's the Paul George debut, but not the Paul George and Kawhi debut. <laughs> right. You know, this is you know what this is like though. This is like the uh, the the they get you like the double sale or like the first they, <laughs> they they trick you with like oh this is the deadline and then there's this no come on man 
we were all excited for this. You don't get to double dip on us. <laughs> right, right. It's double it, debuts, double grand opening. It's like those comic book movies that that like promise like, oh, we finally get the face off next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but yeah, I I don't know. It kind of rubs me the wrong way. You can't you can't walk around comparing yourself to the glitz and glamour of the Lakers across the hallway and how you're this hard hat organization that just shows up every night and then yeah. doesn't actually show up every night. <laughs> uh, oh my <laughs> gosh, we got our, our we got our we got enough Laker trolling in for one episode, Anthony. I guess to be enough. fair though, Kawhi played forty minutes in in the in the loss the night before, so I guess yeah. that's what Jesus, you're on a roll. <laughs> Giannis uh, in the Bucks and Bulls game tonight goes off for thirty eight points, sixteen rebounds, and in the third quarter. You know, it was kind of close-ish between the Bulls and, and the Bucks halfway through the game. And then the third quarter happened, and it was just it was just evident. It's just it's real I really enjoy watching Giannis when he decides, oh yeah, that's right, I'm the best player on the planet. How would you compare what you're seeing from him to what you were seeing from him last year this time? Uh a lot of the same stuff, actually. Yeah, I mean he's he's sort of at that level where there's not a whole lot. <laughs> How more much better different. can he get? Yeah. Right, yeah. right. But yeah, I mean it's a lot of the same stuff. I, I guess it's kind of cool to, to see a player legitimately recognize that no, I'm I'm the best player out here, and I'm just going to dominate. It's it's kind of fun when you when you notice that the the eighth grader playing against fifth graders kind of a scene. I'd say he dominates just about as much as anybody. You know. On, it's pretty much every night for him. Yeah, yeah. And and I think there's there's something to be said about that. Like Anthony Davis, I've noticed with him, he'll just kind of float from time to time. Giannis yeah. doesn't let that happen. Yeah. It's it's yeah. there's something to be said about somebody who just on a nightly basis steps up and says, "No, I'm I'm going to win this one." In other news, the Mavericks have been swept in their season series against the New York Knickerbockers. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. But also just beautiful. What a, what a... <laughs> Poor Chris Stapps. He gets booed. He was Chris Stapp Boozingus yeah. uh, in New York. and oh, terrible fun. Thank you. And Luca goes for a triple-double. Chris Stapps didn't exactly finish the game on a strong note. He flopped when he could have made a defensive play. Had a mid-range step-back fadeaway jumper that barely drew iron. And... The Knicks wind up winning on a on a Marcus Morris three pointer to to end the thing, and I, I want to say this: Chris Saps has been in the league way too long to not have developed a post game, given how tall he is. He's got a lot of gaps in his game, and uh, I'm you. You have to understand so I I've been against not not against Chris Stapps. I've been low on him, yeah. much lower than I think to the general population really from the start and it's because I've always felt like his game was extremely limited and you know the skill set that he does have is very valuable but expecting him to do things outside of that comfort zone including posting up undersized players including just going to the basket to draw contact and to get to the line you know using that height advantage in those ways and he just he just doesn't seem to to have it yet but again it was this game wasn't you can't put all on on Chris Stapps. No, one. that's of more of a general observation. He, he went twenty and ten, so like he had a okay game. My, yeah. my thing with him is that so when he first came into the league, you kind of looked at him and you said, "Wow, this seven three dude is hitting three pointers. He's blocking shots. He's doing these things that are, are hugely valuable." And you figured as his career went along, he would add to that. 
promise, yeah. but he he really hasn't, and and it's it's kind of frustrating to watch from from the perspective of somebody who just wants to see guys improve. And it'd be really frustrating, like Luca. I I kind of wonder at what point Luca starts saying, "Hey, dude, go to the freaking basket. Stop picking and popping. Roll every so often." <laughs> I don't know if that point's coming. I don't, yeah. I do think their chemistry will improve, but I don't I don't think that point <laughs> that that point's coming. Uh, the Suns beat the Hawks. Trey Young was doing Trey Young things, but Booker actually had, I think, the better overall night. Not much else to see there, though. The the Hawks really miss Collins. Like they they really really miss him as as yeah. just a, the guy who actually spaces the floor with his rolling ability. But I want to talk. We'll just kind of seg. We'll, we'll tease this a little bit. Well, okay. The Nuggets beat the Nets. It was a story of two halves, and I really feel like. The Nuggets' win really epitomized their season thus far, the way it's gone thus far. Uh, Let's hear it. I'm going to explain that on the other side of the break. So the Nuggets beat the Brooklyn Nets 101-93, Overcome at one point a fifteen point deficit, right? Yeah, uh, to really took it to the Nets in the third quarter, thirty to eighteen in that third quarter, and the reason I say it, it felt like it summed up their season, is that first half felt so joyless. Yeah, it felt it, was. it, it felt it felt so sad. I was <laughs> I actually yeah. tweeted out that like they all need a hug. Like they, yeah, they, yeah. They, it was a good one. They all need. You're the- right. You're absolutely right, though. So I mean, it's coming through the screen, and yeah. and um, you know, watching them now through all eleven of these games, that's exactly what the vibe has been like. Um, this was a team that, and, and I think they are still really, really close. It's just something is off. Some of that, some some wavelength is off, and I do think it also. Uh, I think it starts with Jokic. He's a very emotional guy. He's a very moody guy. Obviously, he's the he's the team's most important and best player, and everybody looking to him. And just the energy he's had this season it just hasn't been there. And I think it's very, very just sort of palpable. Well, that was the thing was that the second half it was Plumlee who ignited a lot right. of that comeback. And yeah. go ahead. Well, the the real story here is the second unit tonight for Denver has been an, uh, just. One of the bigger negatives as a five-man unit um, of any of the five-man units in the league, and they've been playing these like hockey shifts in Denver, the starting unit and the second unit almost never never crossing over. They started, and Malone talked about this pre pregame. He was an emphasis. We're going to change the way we ro- we do our rotations, play a lot more blended lineups, and you saw that tonight. You know, Gary Harris and Will Barton taking different turns playing with that second unit, and then Juancho Hernan Gomez, who'd only played 12 minutes before tonight, gets I think 20 minutes tonight and really was part of the, the unit that sparked it. So um, that bench unit was really big for Denver, but that was the story for them just on a local level. That was a story for them tonight because that was the first time all season the bench had been a positive. How do you feel about that as a concept, the idea of hockey lineups and the bench is one unit and the the first unit yeah. is the first unit? How do you How do you like that as a strategy? There's certainly teams that have had success with that. Um, I and, it's, and I think in particular regular season success, you go to a lot smaller lineups, you play your guys a lot more. Denver ran into this, though. This was actually one of the problems they had in that Portland series is the second unit who had played so much and been such a big part of their regular season success, 
the second the the starters as their workload increased they actually played well but the bench as their uh workload decreased fell apart and i think there is a there's there is something to that that that's a strategy for the regular season i i think you have to have a very specific type of team like i think if you have a team well, you have like, to have the depth well you well the depth but also you can't have a star who is the engine of your team, right? And Oh, I see. And and yeah. I feel like when you have a guy like Jokic who makes everybody better, the yeah. idea of having large chunks of the game <laughs> yeah. and, and, and an entire and half team, of your yeah. team that he doesn't <laughs> yeah. impact feels like a misuse of his skill set. I think this is a really, really interesting point. And actually, we've talked about this a little bit, just some of the people here locally. But it's a great point. I think uh, I, I think there's something to that. He makes everybody better, so give him some minutes with everybody. <laughs> right. I mean, Luke Walton did that last season with LeBron. And, and guess how that played out? Yeah. LeBron missed the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I. But I, you, but you are Denver's off to an eight and three start now, and it, yeah. it just, and it doesn't feel like it at all. You know, it, it, there's something that just feels a little bit off, and I think, I think it really is is Jokic's joy. That's what that's what you pick up on is this team just lacks that joy and that fun. Is there anything that you think could bring some of that back, or is it just a matter of, <laughs> hey man, you got to snap out of it? I think it's the latter. I think I, I think with Jokic, we've seen this. Um, you know, every every year he has one of these slumps where nobody can really explain what's going on, and it lasts usually a week or so. This <laughs> one maybe a little bit longer, but um, but yeah, just been uh, it, it's been a little strange to watch. <laughs> uh, we should probably talk a little bit about the Brooklyn Nets, I guess, since they're the other half of this team. I you talk about kind of joyless basketball, yeah. I can't imagine playing with Kyrie is all that fun. If he's your they, if he's your yeah. main guy, I don't think that's very fun. You know, tonight he ended up taking twenty shots, which I was a little bit surprised by. I feel like I, I feel like it's almost his feel for the game and what he's trying to do are, are incongruent tonight. He's a scorer, and tonight mm-hmm. it, it felt like he was trying to maybe set the table in a little passive in moments when it was probably better for him to be aggressive, which is the opposite of what usually happens, which is why I say it felt like almost like an uh, overcorrect. Yeah, he's he's kind of and, – and look, this is how things usually go when you're a star on a brand-new team, and, and especially in Kyrie's case where he's the unquestioned guy on a team for the first time in his career. It's a process learning how to – yeah. balance as a as a scoring first point guard first and foremost how to balance that with also getting other guys involved i i think it's kind of it's it's going to be might be a rough year for brooklyn and yeah oh oh for 17 in the second half from the three-point line brooklyn was i mean they really ran out of steam that was part of the story for this one as well they just uh kyrie irving included had had some some things going in that first half, but the second half just just missed all the opportunities he had to sort of step up and take over. Did it did it feel to you because it, it felt it felt kind of to me like there are some games where a team just goes crazy cold and they're getting looks and they just aren't knocking them down. <laughs> it did actually feel like Denver put the clamps on him in that yeah. second half. No, no doubt about it. And again, I think some of that came down to just the fatigue factor. I mean, they, they were they were running slower. You know, obviously shots a little bit, uh, a bit shorter. And Denver was able just to keep uh, putting that pressure on. So I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, it was. It was kind of. It's funny that you mentioned that the shots got shorter. Michael Malone during one of the timeouts, one of the the TV timeout interviews that they do on the sideline, said that, yeah. "Hey, we got to use our pace. We got to use the." elevation to our benefit here and see yeah. if we can get them missing some of those things so 
yeah, it's it's, it's interesting that that seemed to be a concerted effort. Uh, By the way, that was sparked with that second unit without Jokic. Might be Jokic weighing down some of the pace for Denver so far this season. LeBron does that sometimes too. I noticed it, it was weird. There was a play in the third quarter that Denver got like a long rebound, a long one. And I think it was a guard that got the rebound and he waited for Jokic and then Jokic had the hit ahead pass. And I was just like, you're a guard getting a long rebound. Run. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, those are the best plays of those. Those are my favorite plays when I was yeah. playing basketball. Cause I, you know, it takes a lot to get this girth yeah. of mine moving. If I, <laughs> if I get momentum going forward, that's the best. <laughs> you're a real Jokic, Anthony, a real Jokic. <laughs> No Jokic. Uh, all right. Best team in the West through 10-ish games now that everybody's crossed that threshold. I mean, you say have it. to you have say to it. say the Lakers. Say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Lakers have been impressive. They look scary. Uh, but the story is always going to be the same for them now this season. I mean, I think we kind of see some of their best, some of their best look. But, um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a lot of health watch, maintenance watch, load management watch, minutes watch. I think LeBron – I mean, are you not concerned at all about the pace he is playing at and just the amount of workload he's taking on? We're 11 games in. Oh, absolutely. The, he's trying on defense. That makes me really nervous. Exactly. <laughs> and sometimes maybe, you know, you come out and you prove it and then you could hit the coasters or something. But yeah, um, but yeah I, I mean, that's what I think about with this team now. They're, they are clearly talented enough to, to be a, a, a legitimate contender. I, I think what you're, you're going to start seeing more of the coasting, though, from the Lakers. They came out and I mean they still have you got to. They still have a an easy, you know, next couple of weeks in their schedule. Uh the the opening to their schedule was <laughs> very know, favorable. Pretty, yeah, very <laughs> favorable. And and so I think, you know, they'll kind of get through this and they'll they'll kind of fall back into coasting mode. And and they have to, like you said, that prove what you have to prove, figure out chemistry and do that over the course of the season and then be healthy for the playoffs. The funny thing about all this, though, is, you know, they're off to this great start. We're impressed. Three teams from one, t- one game behind them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, lose the one game, you know, your next, lose your next one. You fall all the way to fourth. So the, the, this is the West. You just have to kind of go <laughs> all out a little bit more than usual. And that's another thing to think about with LeBron. Yeah. He might not be able to load manage as much as, as say, he's used to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could always just do the Clippers thing and just never play anybody. And, and <laughs> that's <yeah>. true. <laughs> hey, Clip, Clippers seven and five. Yeah, seven and five. They were they were like there were some people saying they're going to win like sixty five games this year. Yeah, not <laughs> happening. Not happening. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode. Or this week's episode and this week's all around episodes of the Locked On NBA podcast. Uh, make sure you guys are continuing to hit that subscribe button for all of the shows on this feed. Make sure you're following all the shows across the entire network. Um, Locked on Lakers has had a great opening to the season. Locked on Nuggets has been really good with you and and Matt kind of teaming up the way that you have. You guys have been putting out some really good content. So keep on following all of the shows across the entire network for your favorite teams, biggest stories by the local experts. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.